Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. of Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name is Amino Hassan, or whatever is Black Trey. We got Don Gervais, a.k.a. Jerv here. We got Big Waz and on the production, Rob Lopez. A lot of entertainment to get into this week. It's a very entertainment-heavy episode. Uh, as you guys all know, Power is back. We're going to talk about that. There's a new show on HBO called The, the, the Mighty Gemstones. It's The Mighty Gemstones or what? It's gemstones. Anyway. The righteous, the, the righteous, 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 righteous gemstones. gemstones. Righteous. It's the, the new Danny McBride uh, show. We're, we're gonna, we want that's the show that we're going to try and review for you guys every week, and, uh, and we got some other kind of crazy stories from the entertainment world that we'll get into. But first and foremost, the legend, the the goat himself, is back with a new stand-up. Dave Chappelle, sticks and stones. Uh, this was, if you guys remember, when he did uh, his one-man show on Broadway, uh, this was the stand-up that he did for them. Um, but the actual stand-up that we saw on Netflix wasn't taped in Broadway. It was taped in Atlanta, I want to say. Uh, and he, you know, in a, in a time where most comedians have become very guarded about the types of jokes they make, and if they make certain jokes, they usually walk it back. Dave Chappelle did the very rare thing of doubling down on a lot of his stuff, he said, in his uh, prior Netflix stand-ups, uh, mostly when talking about uh, things like the Me Too movement and uh, transsexuals and, and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, and spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, I would say legit, our podcast is great, but you need to pause it and go watch the stand-up 
it is way better than anything that we can we can do here. Uh, but I, I just loved how he opened the show, guys. That uh, he talks about Anthony Bourdain having the best fucking job in the world. You get to travel, <laughs> travel places, and eat food and drink, and that's it. That's your whole life. And so he kills himself by hanging himself in his luxury hotel suite in Paris. And then he tells a story about this dude he went to high school with, who against all odds, went, you know, got a full ride scholarship. And, to an Ivy League school and graduated top of his class and went to a really prestigious law school. And while he was in law school, he met this girl. He gets married to this girl. Then he gets divorced before he even graduates law school. She takes half of whatever little he has. Long story short, Dave says he sees him when he's 45 working at a footlocker. <laughs> he's a manager. He lives with his mom and he's been trying to bring his life back together. And he says, at no point that nigga ever consider killing themselves. So right. what the fuck is going on with Anthony Bourdain? And, you know, the, 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 from there, he just kind of goes on on a lot of different things uh, without kind of just going through the whole stand-up. Uh, I just want to go around the room and ask you guys, what was your favorite moment or favorite bit that he did? Trey, let's start with you. Uh, my favorite bit, I mean, I enjoyed it entirely. I, don't, I, don't, I think the, the, the Juicy Smollett, <laughs> juicy sommelier <laughs> yeah juicy sommelier was kind of intense man like it was hilarious because obviously you know him just kind of like again like you said doubling down and just like really kind of sticking it to whoever you know what i mean like at this point i like my comedy uncomfortable i mean i've, I've attended a couple you know comedy shows with you and me where we're like god damn they really yeah. said that but it's great because it makes us laugh I'm, I grew up that way. So, again, I don't expect comedians to be – what's the point of watching a comedic show if it's not uncomfortable or it's not jokes that are offensive? That's their job to make you uncomfortable and make you laugh, like to bring out the hidden, the hidden laugh, the things you're afraid to laugh at. You know what I mean? And shit, man, like it was so much out-of-pocket shit he said, but it was great because it's like – I bet you it's a million motherfuckers that think like that. And he finally said it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could touch more. I don't think it's one particular thing that I honestly could bank on. And I laughed majority. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time right. at a comedy stand-up. Like, Mike Epps shit was pretty decent, but it wasn't, like, nothing's touching this shit. Because a lot of a lot of comedians, like, even the whole Lewis and Kate thing that he talked about. He's like, <laughs> this nigga's jacking off, like... Cool, but it's like cake batter on his on his stomach or some shit. And I'm like butter, melted butter on a pig. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, what? Like, it's in the Me Too movement. And you're getting that off, like. But I get it, like, bro. Like, I I do understand like certain things, but it's like lighten up. Like, we're too we're too uptight and too serious about humanity, and sooner or later, everyone's gonna be canceled. So, like. I totally fucking get it. Like that shit took the elephant out of the room, and it was perfect, dude. The was. Um, I, I say I think my favorite. It, it's not the favorite. It's the one that stuck out the most to me because I think yeah. it speaks to Dave's genius. And it was the Macaulay Culkin thing, <laughs> where he's he's using the pedophilia <laughs> angle of Michael Jackson to make a comment on celebrity and fame. Right. Like right. he's using the, the shiny and the quote unquote dangerous object to make a larger point about something. I think that's the whole point of the show. Uh, it felt like 
because I saw a couple of things from some people whose opinions I respect, like people who pay attention to culture and, you know, think about it in a in a more deep manner than the average person. And they were like, well, it felt like Dave's just being edgy to be edgy. And I kind of disagree. I think Dave is being edgy because he just cares about comedy. Yeah. And the idea that, you know, there's certain shit that we're just straight up never going to talk again is something that he just personally can't accept. And, I, you know, I think there was moments where he doesn't get all the way there, right? Like when it comes to some of the LGBTQ stuff or the trans stuff. Like I think I think he's still working that out, but I respect his um, right to do so because I respect his talent, right? Like I, 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 th- I think Dave Chappelle deserves the right to not get it right the first time or the second time because he is that good. And so I don't know. I I, I just loved um, his daring and because and, it reminded me of, and I say this all the time, it reminded me of listening to the Yeezy, Yeezus album for the first time where I was like, I don't like this, but I love that Kanye wants it's to try. Yeah. He wants to try to do something daring. He wants to try to make some crazy shit. And it, even if he fails at it, which I don't think Chappelle failed, I think there's aspects, again, that didn't work. But I love that he's trying this shit. Well, it seems like nobody else will. I think... I think it's funny because there's some things that I think Chappelle does because, you know, and I was talking to Dan Levitard about this today. I was like, some things is that's the joke, man. It's, I don't even listen. He's, he's a comedian. Not everything he says on stage is everything he believes in his core or whatever. And so I'll give you a great example when he says, um, you know, I, I told everybody last time, if y'all don't watch out the way you communicate the message, it's going to get worse. And sure enough, eight States or whatever have passed the most stringent, uh, anti-abortion legislation in history uh, since Roe v. Wade or whatever. And so, you know, people were cheering that the fact that he's bringing that up is a bad thing. And he said, now, hold on now. Uh, I am not for abortion. I'm not against abortion either. I guess it all just depends on if I got somebody pregnant. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, who to I me, like... Pregnant. He said it depends yeah, on who, who I got who pregnant. I got, who I got pregnant. <laughs> like, you know, to, to, like, to me, like, that's the joke. It, all that is, I don't know how he feels about abortion. I just know he delivered a great abortion joke about the idea that, like, everyone who doesn't like abortion doesn't like it until they need to get an abortion. Until <laughs> so you knock off someone who's not your wife, and they're like, ah, we gotta, we gotta get rid of this thing. So there's stuff like that. And then there's stuff where, like, damn, maybe this nigga really doesn't believe it. And so the Michael Jackson thing, because this ain't the first time He's done, you know, if you remember the Chappelle show, when he, he's imagining if he was going to be on the uh, a jury selection for that trial. And they say, uh, do you think Michael Jackson did it? And he said, no, because he made Thriller. <laughs> that was his <laughs> legit, like, answer. So uh, I don't know how many of you guys watched the, um, the that post kind of epilogue, 22-minute thing that I comes after. It. Yeah, so he, he told a really funny story. Someone asked, can you tell us a great Charlie Murphy story? Tell a story about Charlie Murphy. Oh, your favorite? Boy, there's so many good Charlie Murphys. You know, the thing with Charlie Murphy is he used to just make us laugh all the time. And I used to ask him about all the old Hollywood shit I was curious about. Like when they used to accuse Michael Jackson, I remember I asked him once, I go, Charlie, do you think Michael Jackson actually did those things? And he said, let me ask you a question, Dave. He said, <laughs> he said say it is illegal to fuck women. How long are you staying out of jail? So God bless Charlie Murphy, wherever you are, Charlie, I love you. Which is like, ah, yeah, like that's a great way to put it. Like if this, like, 
if if Michael Jackson is doing, <laughs> I just remember the Macaulay Culkin joke. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He said, I'm not a pedophile, but <laughs> that motherfucker's crazy, man. Jerv, Jer, what's, what's your favorite part? Or the so part I, that stuck don't, out? I don't usually uh, agree with Wise too often, but I'm going to have to rock with Wise on this one. I, I fooled with the Macaulay Culkin, uh, the Macaulay Culkin segment. First of all, how he just how he just brought up the Michael Jackson thing, because I'm thinking it's just going to be all about Mike. He's going to do his thing, you know, and then he spins into the Macaulay, uh, the Macaulay segment. And then, you know, how he breaks down how, you know, I'm not saying I would do this, but I mean, it's, it's Macaulay Culkin, right? Like, you know, you would brag about it being him and all that shit. It's like, so like for and me, also it, it, conversely, it's, that, it's like the uncomfortableness. Jervin, also conversely, he's saying, I mean, it's. Michael Jack, it's Michael yeah, Jackson. Michael Jackson. Sucks your dick, right? Like, yeah, like you, you get to say the first time it happened. It was Michael Jackson. Like, who the fuck was saying that? That first day of school, he got. How was your dicks, summer? Dick sucked <laughs> by the king of pop. He, he said, it's, it's, it's "Sky's the limit from there." You know what I mean? Um, what what I also thought was dope because even the more fan servicey, or not even fan servicey, the crowd pleasing stuff, the stuff that's easy, easier. I still found to be very appealing and mostly it's because I want to pat us on the back because it's a theme that we've hit on on this particular podcast a trillion times and he made the parallel between crack and heroin addiction the opioid crisis I I don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) but the way but you know what's funny was what I love about Dave is like us and him can have the same idea and the same sentiment, sentiment or something, but he's got a way of fucking saying it that's so brilliant in that he said, I now know how white people felt like in the 80s during the crack epidemic because now the opioid crisis is happening. I don't care. It's like I don't give a fuck about these white people who, who are all fucking addicted to, to, to the smack or whatever. Um, the, I like, you know, the, the one that stuck out to me and it's probably because I got kids that are in school is talking about his kids saying that they had a, a, a school shooting drill. And, and so he's like, man, that's the dumbest fucking idea ever. He said, first of all, I said, I told my son, you, they, they're going to get you, man. You got a famous dad and I talk a lot. <laughs> they're going to be gunning for you. And then he said, aren't we also trading the shooter? <laughs> Where are we supposed to meet? Ah, okay, the kids like taking notes. So, like, it's true. Like, one of these kids is going to be the shooter, like, having a, a, a designated points and all that. All, they, all you're doing is letting the shooter know, hey, this is what's about to happen. Uh, but then the funniest thing he says is, we want the parents come to pick up their kids and stuff. They look at each other because you know one of us is raising the shooter. And, uh, and he says, you know, if you're white, chances are a lot higher that it's going to be you. Uh, than me and then he says uh oh he said i hated school too but it never occurred to me to kill everyone at school like as which is kind of crazy right like these kids are going to school and shooting up everybody like how is that the solution to their problems i want to shoot everybody i mean and and again it's kind of crazy but it's it's also like you know the subtext is that not, the, the reason why it's happening the way it's happening is because it's white kids doing yeah. it, right? Like, we'd have a completely different reaction and conceptualization of what all this shit meant if it weren't white kids, right? Like, that's kind of the subtext in the background. It's just like... 
They said, damn, crazy. have you ever tried skipping school? <laughs> like, what you try doing some drugs? Or drugs? <laughs> oh, man. Like, but, hey, you know, man, this dude, this dude is, is he's something else, man. And, and it, it's an hour, and I don't think there was a, certain, a, a, a point where I was bored or just chuckling. I was laughing the whole time. But I do have one criticism. And so before I say my criticism, do any of y'all have any criticisms of the stand-up? Uh, my, mine is easy. Uh, it's the, it's the, why can't I say the F word, but I say the N word, even though I'm not an N word. Yeah. It's that, that, that just doesn't compute. Cause you're not part of the aggrieved, um, parties, right? Yeah. Like it, when you say the N word, you are part of that group that gets aggrieved when that word is used in that way. And when you say the F word, you're not part of that group. So it, it it just that that didn't land for me, and that just showed me again like he's still wrestling with how to approach this topic. I thought he got much better at the trans stuff, um, and you know the whole I got gay friends thing. It kind of it, it just rings hollow for me. But again, like when you put that shit. And maybe this is my own bias and privilege because I'm not gay in the context of the totality of shit. I, I mean, this shit was excellent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of an example of a comedian who made jokes at the expense of, let's say, for me, Muslim people or for us, black people or for Haitians or whatever. And like it made it to the point where I was like, this ain't funny. I mean, that's like a Pete. I don't know if you guys saw this. Pete Davidson, I guess, had a show at Central Florida, and people were were filming it on their phones. And he's like, "Yo, we told y'all no no filming." And then he goes on to chastise them and said, "This is why, you know, people growing up told people are fucking retards." His word, not mine, um, and, and stuff like that. And so again, that's not like it, it's it's not quite comedy. Like this is Chappelle wrote jokes on this, right? And I guess my thing is you can not agree with what the joke is saying and still recognize this shit is pretty funny, right? In the same way that, you know, I went to a Russell Peters show and that motherfucker was making fun of me and my cousin for being from from <laughs> for being from Sudan and stuff. And it's like, we get it, man. It's like, yes, we're the butt of the joke, but it's it's a joke, man. It's it's a it's a it's a good joke. It's a well-written joke. It's a well-timed joke. It's not like just furious screaming of someone at, you know, at, at, at someone in the crowd or whatever. Um, but I don't the, the Trey, did you have anything that you, you would criticize, I guess, out of this stand-up? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with Waz on that and say about the, uh, you know, the whole thing about the F-word, N-word thing. I laughed, and I shouldn't have laughed. I mean, Lord forgive me for laughing at things I shouldn't. But, yeah, he, he could do better. That was the only takeaway from it. But overall, like, you know, because, again, he's not a part of that. That's that's like us speaking on, you know, the LGBT community and we don't have one on the panel. Like, you know, what I mean, have someone representing from the panel. But can, it, can, can, he, can he not be wrong and be funny still? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> but but you're but just the, guilty again, for if you're that, like laughing too hard. But I mean, that, you know? that's just a commentary on me and my own flaws. Right. Like it's like when I laugh and it's wrong, that doesn't make it any more right. You understand well, what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But my, like because I, I recognize that I laugh at shit that I shouldn't. Yeah. That I, should well, laugh I, at. I guess my thing is that it doesn't have to be right. It's, if it's comedy. Right. If it's 
genuinely comedy and not Michael Richards calling someone nigger. But does it have to be hurtful? I mean, sometimes it is hurtful. That's comedy, you know? But isn't that how we grew... I mean, I'm not going to say we speak for everybody, but I think I can speak for everybody on this show, right? Like, isn't that how we grew up? We grew up where you made jokes. Jokes were funny. We understood that everything were, was a joke, and you you were told to don't take things personal. You were told if someone makes a joke on you, you come back at them, right? Like, you don't get salty about something. And I understand there are lines that you can cross right. at times, but at the end of the day, you're going, like he said, don't, he, I, I forget what the joke was about, but he said, yo, you clicked on my face. Right. You, you, said, clicked, you clicked on his Netflix. face. You knew what like, you're getting. Yeah, you if, knew what you're, you're getting watching, you click on Dave Chappelle. If you're watching this on Netflix right now, he said, don't don't get mad at me. Like, I'm, you know, you know what you're getting into. Um, I, look, I, and I don't want to be the ultra woke motherfucker on the panel. Right. But I think what those people would say and they would say it exactly like this is that it's not Dave Chappelle's right <laughs> as a rich cisgendered male to hurt the feelings of gay people. Just so he but can every, get nothing's off. funny. That's what some people would say. Funny to us about you, though. If Dave right. Chappelle was gay, I think people would be cool with it. But he's not. But, but everything's right? funny, and, and so he's talking about is. you, literally. Right. I don't think so, man. Because, like, Amit just mentioned, right? Like, I remember watching mm-hmm. Top Five, and Chris Rock had the the OD funniest Haitian jokes, right? And Chris Chris Rock is not Haitian. But right. it was fucking hilarious. And to the point where every single review that I read, like, made mention of the joke and how brilliant it was. And I'm like, fuck, he got me. But why? Right? But, but why? it is a but way is, to do that. But isn't, isn't there also a point where, A, there's not really a whole lot of voices for the Haitian community out in, not only in public in terms of celebrities, but also in terms of the people consuming and writing for cultural websites or whatever. There's not but, a lot of Haitians doing that, right? I mean, what I would say, what I would say is there's a, di- and, and I could use Haitians as an example. There's a difference right. between the Chris Rock joke about spaghetti and hot dogs, which <laughs> that just sounds like poverty. And it's so, it's hilarious. There's a difference Check between that and, and, and what people perceive my man Cypher Sounds is saying about Haitians and AIDS on the radio. And at that time he was trying to get a joke off and it just, it just got perceived fucked up. But there's a difference. And people came at Cypher for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a difference. And again, these are two non-Haitians doing it. And in one sense, it's like, all right, go ahead. And the other sense, is like, I don't know that you got the right to go there, buddy. And yeah. I think that's what Dave is wrestling with. But I think, again, we all agree he's a fucking genius. And I think he can figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Let, let, and, me, you let, know, me, let me ask y'all this. Remember, remember the episode, the lost episode, or whatever it was, the uh, the lost episode of season three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the the skit that ultimately was the skit that made him say, you know, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Right. Yeah. So when I, I so when I watched it, I laughed. I'm not gonna lie to you, I laughed. It was fucking funny. And then I sat back again. I was like, okay, I could see this is uncomfortable. I could see why he got yeah, but yeah. it was fucking well, funny to me. Well, I, I think like his thing was. It's it's not that it wasn't funny. It's that he was seeing people laugh at it. And, and this part, I, I do agree with. People laugh at it, but they weren't laughing at it with the level of nuance and understanding. They were laughing at just on a very generic, ah, oh, I'm making fun of black people, right? In the same way here, I, I see the point you guys are making is, I think he's making a very nuanced, funny joke, but 
does it matter if there's a whole bunch of bros out there like, ah, oh, gay dudes, and like, or just taking it as a regular gay joke, right? When in reality, it is so much more layered and 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 textured and deep than than your standard. Just like, look at this gay dude, this gay bro over here, whatever, right? Uh, and I think that a lot of people confuse those two things together. But at the end of the day, does it matter uh, whether it's their fault they're confusing it if it ends up being confused? Uh, I'll be honest with you. The, the criticism I had was uh, it was a little bit too much whining about how hard it is to be a celebrity in 2019. Yeah. I was just like, it, it, just, it, it was first world problems, right? Which is weird because Dave's always been kind of like, and he, and he still had parts of it in, in this one where you're talking about like, his dad said, you are not poor. Like, poor is a mentality, and da, da da You're just broke, right? <laughs> like, that That used to be most of his stuff, and it seemed like a lot more of his material now is about how, again, woe is us, celebrities are out here getting hunted, and da da da, da. And, and again, because he's Dave Chappelle, he puts out, it's funny, it's great material, it's great content, but the underlying message of, like, oh, so stop fucking complaining about how hard your life is, man. Like, it's not that bad, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I like it, and and you know, I, I, I again, this is something that I I struggle with because I'm still trying to find out who does good jokes that hurt people. Usually, when we talk about a, a comedian or something that for a bit that falls flat or is tone deaf or like something on Saturday Night Live, or whatever. More than anything, it's not that I walk away like, I was so offended by that. I walk away like, she wasn't even funny. Like, if it was funny yeah. but offensive, I'm like, ah, I have this moral struggle. But nine times out of ten, it, they're never funny at it. And so the thing for me with Chappelle, which is funny, after his last stand-up that came out, I was so surprised at how many people wrote all these think pieces about Dave is out of touch and sh- shit like that. I'm like, no, he's not, because that shit was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Because it was it was intelligent on a level that no crude joke maker could ever hit on. I just think comedy is in its own. I I, 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 I just, it's just it's in its own lane, right? Like comedy's whole thing, a comedian's whole purpose is up there is to get up there and tell jokes. Outside of uh, Michael, whatever Kramer, whatever dude, yeah. outside of outside of that type of shit, where you're literally attacking somebody, anything up there, this is a person telling a joke. Right. You should not. And I, you know, I, I don't mean to offend anybody, anything like that. But like, you should not go to a comedy show if you are the type of person that if the joke comes on something that is sensitive to you, that you're right. going to get, you know, sensitive about because it's just this isn't for you, and you just have to accept that. Hey, I can't do this type. I can't do this person's comedy because this is what it is. It's just like back in the day when. What's my man's name? George Carlin, right? Like George yeah. Carlin. I, I love George Carlin back in the day for one reason, one reason only. He cursed like a sailor. And right. they, I thought it was so cool as a kid to hear him curse. But there were people back then that didn't like his comedy because he cursed so much. So therefore, you wouldn't go to a George Carlin show if you were a person that could not stand hearing someone curse like a sailor. And I think people need to understand. I think people need to just be real with themselves and understand that Yo, you can't do everything. We're, this isn't the type of world where everything is for every. I mean, well, you should. Everyone should be able to do whatever they want, but you should know you have a choice. You're getting your. Yeah, you have a choice. You got a choice. You, yeah, you got a choice to avoid content or material that we don't find. Uh, we don't find. I'll give you a great example, by the way. I was trying to think of. You guys know the comedian Jeff Dunham. <clears throat> He's like a ventriloquist. 
<coughs> you'd be pulling out these different dummies, and one's a woman who's like an alcoholic, and one's a, and one of them is like this skeleton with a turban, and supposed to be like this suicide bomber terrorist who died. And this is like, uh, and so, but like, when I watched it, I was like, I wasn't offended because like, yo, you're, there's a lot of like just stereotyping about Muslim people, whatever. I was offended because like, it's not funny. Like, you're whack, homie. Like, this shit is just so corny. And, and so that was the thing that I was thinking about. But Jerv, when you're talking about action that in that epilogue piece that he puts out after this, he tells a story about telling one of the Me Too jokes in this uh, in this comedy club in San Francisco. And a woman got up and she got upset. And and she said, that's not funny. She starts crying and da-da-da. And she walks out and she says, as he's leaving, she says, like, Ah, uh, it's not my fault that I got raped. And Dave's like, you're absolutely right. It, it is not your fault. Yeah, not not your fault. But you know what else? It's not my fault either. Like I didn't do that shit. Like right. so. What you're saying, Jeff, I believe 100. percent Like when you go to a comedy club, you bet. Like or go watch Jim Gaffigan. Go fucking watch someone cornball who's gonna do lame jokes about hot pockets. And that's your speed, right? Uh, one of one of my favorite comedians is my buddy Andrew Schultz. Schulte is fucking wild. Like, he says wild-ass shit, and he's white doing this stuff. So he is a uh, straight white male going into, like, urban clubs and, like, just just saying the most outlandish shit. But, like, at the end of the day, I know it's it's a comedy act. That's what he does. He's a comedian. He's making fun of things. He's not, like, running for president. (laughs) On these on this platform, and so I don't want to tell people like, yo, you guys need to, um, you know, like buck up or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, we, we got to always keep that perspective of what are we doing here? Is this is this someone who's actually putting out agenda or legislation, or are they just trying to make people laugh, man? Problem is that a lot of this stuff is so subjective. As much as people like to say, like, it's, oh, comedy is... But hold on. It's like, yes, it is. Comedy is subjective. What well, might be right for you may not be right for But Dave Chappelle, like, is as objectively funny as I think you can get. In, I, I, I mean, the thing about Dave Chappelle that's subjective to me, at least, I know he's trying to get you to think. So yeah. whether you think it's funny or whatever, it's generally not stupid. Right. So, yes. I mean, so to me, that like, that's that's the bar right there, right? Like, he's trying he's trying to get you to think about something beyond the surface level of, oh, that motherfucker's canceled. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. Because yeah. that's not hard. It's not hard to do. I mean, I, I credit dude for having the stones to even talk about this type of shit in cancel well, culture, right? Like, well, but... But he's da- like, oh, he's but he's Dave different. Chappelle. He's Dave Chappelle. He's in a place where literally, okay, so he did his shit with Netflix. He's not trying to host the Oscars or whatever, which is another funny bit where he says Kevin Hart's dream was to host the Oscars. Like, nigga, what, what nigga dreams about hosting? Who dreams the about that shit? Right. <clears throat> so like, he's got, he's obviously got a lot of money. Um, and if like, is Netflix is forced to drop him because of some backlash, they should probably just go back to going to the do comedy clubs. <laughs> like, yeah. He's he's like he's fine. He'll never he'll never be like what's happened to Louis C.K. will never happen to Dave, because Dave is is you know what Dave is, and and I'm not comparing them as talents because obviously Dave is amazing, but in a similar situation, he's Gilbert Arenas. Like Gilbert Arenas got all his money, so when people get upset about what he 
Instagrams or what he tweets or what he says. You don't give I'm a not, fuck. I'm, yeah, I'm not here to tell you that I agree with this. I think you, a lot of the stuff he says is offensive and I don't agree with. But I do envy the freedom with which Gilbert does this shit because he knows you have no leverage over me. I could do whatever the fuck I want. Like nothing. Not, I could throw Nick Young's kid's tricycle over a wall and laugh about it. And I can say, you know, like make terrible comments about W. Like, there is no repercussion that is going to censor Gilbert Arenas um, because it's, he's, he's, he's reached a point where he does not need the system or anything. And, and the same thing I think is true with Dave Chappelle, obviously, except Dave Chappelle's amazing at his job and Gilbert Arenas is not quite so amazing at it. By the way, uh, the, that comedy club that Chappelle was doing all that, uh, that stuff with the woman and, and all that, that was actually in San Francisco. You know what else happens in San Francisco? October 12th, the Count the Things live show at the Independent. Uh, the last thing I heard was there's less than 40 tickets remaining. Is that true? No? Anyone know? Did anyone yeah, else hear that? Yes, yeah. it can't confirm. It's much less than 40 at this point. So okay, so maybe by maybe this taping, it might be sold out. But please get to it if you want to come. Countthedings.com. Again, I'm there. Trey's there. Waz is there. We got all types of guests. We like we've had uh, Bomani Jones in the past, and Taylor Rooks, and Pablo, and and Jay Adande. And look, whenever you come to the show, you're gonna get all the great like content that we put out in the live version and it's usually a lot less censored a lot looser but also you get great guests and you get great conversations and and then obviously you you get to meet up and hang out with other people who share your love for this wacky weird podcast network that we put together uh for you guys so make sure you go to countthedings.com take it out if there are any tickets left uh, if and and also, you know, I know it's a lot of you guys don't live in the San Francisco area, so if you got to book your travel, we still got some time here where before flights get crazy. All right, so I want to transition to this uh, this other story that came out this week. It's still developing, so we're not going to actually get into the details of it of this allegation of Paul Mooney having an affair with Richard Pryor's son, and Richard Pryor allegedly uh, putting out a hit on him, putting a bounty on his head. As a result, like I said, it, the story is still kind of very, we don't have a whole lot of facts, but there was a conversation in one of my group chats that we got into an argument about, well, not an argument, but just kind of a discussion about. And the, the concept of this, regardless of whether Paul Mooney did it or not, or, or whether Richard Pryor's son was of age or not, is it okay to have a sexual relationship with the child not with the child of someone that you know, of a friend of yours. And when I say that child, I mean like they're 25, they're 30 years old, an adult consensual sexual relationship with someone who is, you know, someone's you call a friend. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, I like my thing was, look, just because I wouldn't do it doesn't mean I, I like I think there's a difference between. Would you do it or not versus is that cool or not? And so I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. I don't see how you couldn't express some reservations about like, forget it, but take yourself out of the equation, right? Like if it's your child, that, that goes without saying. Right. Everybody's going to be emotional when it comes to their own offspring. I just think about it as like somebody I know I'd have a hard time continuing to associate myself with them because it becomes a thing where – 
you have to justify that relationship to everybody else in your life, right? Like you invite this homie around, and let's not get it. Tw- let's not get it twisted. This is mostly men we're talking about here, yes. right? Because you can say what you want about women; they tend to be more moralistic when it comes to these um, sort of questions. More moralistic than men. I'm not saying that they're all puritanical and all of that shit, but like, you know, more than men, um, I think women tend to take the high road here. I just feel like you couldn't justify being homies with him because you'd have to justify them to all your other friends. You'd have to constantly be dealing with the idea that like, yo, do like, do I really want to hang out with this person and their significant other who happens to be their close homies kid? It's like, it's weird. What, what if they're in love? Man, that shit not cool. I mean, nah, I, they're in love. I, I don't give a fuck if they're in love or not. Fuck love. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate. Jervy saying... No, no scenario. That's just not cool. That's not cool at all. Because taking myself out of the picture, you know, I mean, that's not cool. This is you're you're my. I mean, you're you're homies with somebody, male Mm -hmm. or female. You're homies with somebody, and now whatever the age may be, consent, you know, legal age. Now that you're you're trying to tell me that while we're hanging out, you you've been plotting on. No, that's just not cool at all. Well, not necessarily plotting, right? That's not cool. It's not cool. What if the kids wilding though? There's not cool. You are the friend of the the parent. You are supposed no, to be the one. No, I'm not saying it's says, okay. No, I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking, asking a question. Just asking it, a question. Dang, Jer. That's all I'm not- asking. All I'm asking is, is if your kid's wilding and say the say the homie has repeatedly smacked your kid, bro. Like literally, like watch out, bro. It's not cool. And your kid keeps trying it, fam. So what is so going supposed, on here? So I'm supposed to give you not I understand what you're saying. So I'm supposed to give you credit because you said no 50 times and at 51 you said well, fuck it. <laughs> well fuck it. I said no, no 50 times. No, now. first and foremost, niggas kids is hella young. So this in this scenario will never ever play out ever. But I'm just saying overall for a nigga that's in that position, because you gotta think about like we're in a weird situation. Think about this. We're in a we're of age enough to actually date a chick and actually fuck with a mom. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, in a dangerous zone. Right. We're in the <laughs> danger zone. But fucking with a chick. Go ahead. But I'm just saying, fast forward to your child being of age, right? Past 18, out the crib. Because niggas... Hey, 25. She could okay. be 55. It ain't cool. Jerk. You also have to look at it like how niggas' sisters be walling. Niggas' sisters be walling all the <laughs> all right. time, bro. That's, 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 that's dope. That's perfect. Sis, all right. I'm, I, I don't know how I'm explaining this, but sisters sisters or siblings are different. It is. Because wow. you could have... You <laughs> all right. No, listen. Don't you fuck my you, sister, dog. Nah, and, I, and I understand that. And I understand why you would say that. But I'm saying... Niggas, listen. I posted my sister the other day. I wanted oh, to yeah. get a like, wreck oh, the shit up. Trey, I saw I saw that and I was like, oh, Trey, Trey that's a bold move. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. But I wanted to see who was actually going to say some shit. I just really wanted to test the water. Niggas ain't never seen my sister. And I was like, all right. Dude, Trey, Trey, you're I, awful. Trey's like looking for I, someone to fight. <laughs> I get the whole sister asking, and, I, and, and I'm on the same page as you are. Nah, sisters, if you were female, I understand why you say your brother. You know what I mean? Or if you a male and you say your brother's off limit because it's your homegirl, whatever. I, I get whatever you want to say on that. I understand. But I also get the side where someone can say, all right, look, 
my sister, let's just say it's your sister. My sister is blah, 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 blah age, right? This is my homie. He's a, he's a, you know what I mean? I'm not saying you want your, you want her to date the homie that you know to just be running through it, through, through everybody. But like, you got a homie that's a legit cool dude. You fuck with his ambition or whatever. And it's like, all right, that's different. But your kid, nah. Hold it's on. It's not so, good on any So, Jerve, so Jerve, Jerve, this is, this is why. Because earlier you said because you've known the kid when the youngest, so you've been plotting on my kid for a while. Isn't the same to the same so apply for a younger sister? If the sister, oh. if you were around when the sister was just playing with Barbie and Ken and shit, and now she grown and now you're like, but, okay, so you're so you're you're saying, okay, let's just say you're 20 and you got a seven-year-old sister, and now that she's 21 and you're home. That's different. Yes. Because that's yes. that's still the whole, even though, because anyone knows if you have a, a sip, if you're I mean, I'm the only child, but I've had uh, kid, you know, my homies, sisters and brothers yeah. or whatever the case may be. They're like my brother and sister. Right? right. So if I'm 20 and she's seven, you're 20. Yes, that is weird to me. And now I'm not cool with that, because even though that is even though that's my brother or sister, as that older sibling of that age gap, it's damn near my kid to a degree because I treat them like that. I'm, you know, what I mean, so, so it's, what it's is, like what a mindset. You, but if you didn't know them, if you didn't know them as a child. Like your introduction to them. So let's say like you're you're 20, your younger sister is seven, and then your homie now now it's 18 years later. This girl is now 25. Your homie is 37 or 38 or whatever, and he's like, damn, I'm like, oh, whatever. And now and, and again, we're always saying respectfully because obviously no one yeah. no one wants whatever the age is. No one wants uh, like on the whore yeah. to come come whore their sister out or whatever. But but the, the point being, I said. <laughs> If if you're saying hey, if, if your he, sister will pop, she'll pop. You can't control it. I'm just, but, I'm bro, just no, no. But, I'm at, but hold on, but but Derv, I'm asking. So if the homie yeah. did not know her as a child, you're like, that's fine. But if he did know her as a child, then it's off limits. Well, it, I, honestly, just to be honest with you, it would depend on the homie. Real talk, the, it would good homie. I'm talking about it's, it's a good homie. a good homie. He's like just genuinely attracted. He's not out here playing the field like crazy or whatever. He's, he's, like on some genuine yeah. shit. It would it would be uncomfortable for me because as your homie, you have these conversations with them. You know what I mean? Y'all talk about certain things, whether it be, you know, y'all whatever they wild parts of their life, or if it's just the normal day-to-day shit of it, right? You know what I mean? It it it, you know, as your homie, you probably have those type of conversations. So it would be uncomfortable, but I can understand that as opposed to you know, growing up with somebody or, or knowing somebody for a couple years and them seeing my sister grow up, you know what I mean, from age 15 or 16 to 21, you know what I mean? They still watch them become an adult. I mean, I like, it would be Man. uncomfortable for what, what, me. Trey, you the nigga that just said if niggas would have been in the comments, no, you, but I'm, you but I'm, ready. No, but I'm painting a picture of shit that you can't control, dog. Like, I can control my kid, cuz. I got to. How? Niggas kids be wilding, dog. Bruh, so all right, I'm so you're trying to say I'm 55 or whatever the case may be, and my daughter is 20, uh, whatever. My daughter's 20. Listen, whatever the case, I I have to be 68. Yeah, no, I get you. This is all I pray it never happened, but your 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 daughter can say, fuck you, dad. That's what's (laughs) up. And And my daughter can say that. And I I, and I understand that my daughter might say that. And that is that is just a a, a younger younger person is going to take the preventative measures. To, nah, to, but it's on my homie. But it's on everybody. But it's nah, on everybody, I, like my, though, jerk. My, I understand, but I'm saying as my homie, regardless, I can understand if a kid 
it gets attracted to one of their parents' friends. I can I, I can understand it. It doesn't make it right, but I can understand it. But as my homie, you have to turn that down 99 times out of 99 out of respect for me because then that you don't respect me. You don't. You don't respect me. And I'm not <laughs> with that. Jer, Jer, we get it. And not saying that niggas that ever plot on this shit. No, but we're I, no putting, I feel no, you. No, but we're putting it in a realistic situation of how fucking children and uh, young adults, wow, like they don't give a fuck. Dog. Absolutely. And as the older, older adult, now like, hold up. Now, if, if you're my homie and let, let's just say I, it wouldn't be my age gap for my daughter, but let's just say the age gap for my daughter and I would be 60 and 30. And let's just say I'm 60, my daughter's 30, and I got a homie that's 35 that I just met, right? He's not my homie. This is a this is a nigga I met. We cool, you know what I mean? Whatever. I'm talking about a friend. Like as a friend, you have to turn that down. If you have to not only turn it down 99 out of 99, you gotta come holler at me and let me know. But Jer, I'm gonna put in a realistic situation. Can we box okay. it over? Wow, wow, wow. We haven't had a Boston over in a while. I'm excited for this. It's not that because this is the thing. I don't want to put these people out here. Fast forward 10 years later, the homie. Respecting you, right? Regardless if they're respecting your dog, like you know what I mean. I should dog, and I don't respect you. Say something happens, right? Your daughter's out working, whatever. They go. They he says, "All right, I'm gonna buy your daughter a drink." And why are you buying I, my daughter a drink? Damn, <laughs> it's my birthday. No, I, I mean like, okay, it's her birthday. All right, okay, you bought her a drink. That's cool. She's not calling him unk. She like. Oh, he bought me a... I'm 21. Can you buy me a drink? Cool, he buys a drink. He might be uncomfortable, but your daughter's pressed up. I'm like, yo, you know I always used to like you when you was around my dad. Oh, now the nigga's like, bruh. Nah, cool. No, he's still... No, can you listen to the scenario? I know, I got you. You got to Go ahead. So, again, he's uncomfortable. The guy's uncomfortable. Your daughter's still pressing. They start drinking a little bit more because he's bought some drinks. And then, unfortunately, something happens. Like, not saying that it should have happened, but... One adult, thing leads to another. Dude, I understand. And, and it's and fucked just, up, but I'm just right. painting a realistic picture of, like... Real, and I'll tell you where, realistically, where it shouldn't have went the other way. He can buy the drink. Daughter presses up on him. Nothing is in his control at this point. Everything's out of his control. Regardless of him buying the drink, I'm with you there. The second the daughter presses up on him as respect for me as my man, that is when he has to make the decision, yo, you're wilding. He has to. Some niggas don't choose that way. And, hey, listen, some, and that's why niggas is... You know, hey, that's hey why niggas some is, niggas is, don't choose that way. Now, look, you could be 66 trying to put a bullet in a nigga, but yeah. I'm just telling you that niggas gonna choose pussy 100% of the time. And in the so, case of... <laughs> So, <laughs> um, and, we're black. and we're black. <laughs> right. Uh, I think the moral of the story, folks, is 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 that um, <laughs> I remember when this Me Too thing first first started happening, and our 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 friend Ethan Strauss 
was like, yo, I think it's funny that like a majority of the cases that are happening in public are happening in Hollywood, but everybody in Hollywood gets up on TV and acts like it's a problem that everyone in America has. And like the more this shit starts to percolate, the more I kind of agree with Ethan. And it's just like, these Hollywood cats are especially perverted and perverse and nasty. That's what I'm, that's the, that's the gist of what I'm starting to get out of all of this stuff. Oh, man, no, you man. know how people act when they got money. I can, I can. <laughs> Look, fuck you, you can see, you see the nigga, you see the <laughs> Yo, nigga on your block and just get a couple of dollars. How he, how he act? I mean, yeah. where did you get that quote from? I, do. <laughs> I can fuck everyone. <laughs> that's, that's, hey, that's me as, a, as I slowly make more and more money. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, I'm right, right now, I'm at my hotel. I'm on the balcony. I'm just looking around. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm overlooking the pool. I'm like, yeah. Any, like, like just, I really can't fuck yeah, anybody. Like, like, this is getting easier and easier. Like, like, <laughs> that's funny shit. <laughs> what do you actually want to put yourself through? Oh, oh man. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poorest part. Bright light, city life, I gotta make it. This is where it goes down. I just happen to come up hard. Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it. I never it. took a straight path nowhere. Life full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. All right, guys. So I, I think the, the we gotta get to this. I, it, this was the most painful part of my week. What's up? <laughs> the, the pain and agony in your voice is giving me. That nigga life. said painful though, and I just peeped. I already know what he's about to segue to, but I peeped today. I, I'm I'm new. I, I know you guys probably actually seen on the actual opening day. I just now seen it. So no, I, I just I, I just watched it too, and I tried watching. So we're talking about power, obviously. The final season of power, the series season premiere started on Sunday. And uh, they also have debuted a new show, which is the Power Confidential or something like that. It's, you know, Ain't nobody uh, watching that shit. I, did, I tried. I tried. Man, and it was with just, Terrence J. Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> it was so bad because like the way they the, the way they talk about power, you would think they were talking about the wire. <laughs> like they really were like. Yo, they had the 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 Lila Loren who plays the character of Angela. Who, spoiler alert, she she finally does die, thank God. Um, but they were talking about like her dying was like this big shocking moment. I'm like, it's three seasons too late. We've been waiting for this bitch to die for a while, right? But then the worst part was they revealed something that blew my mind, right? So these motherfuckers are doing a victory lap, patting themselves on the back about Angela dying. In this in this episode, and did y'all know that Courtney Kemp, her original idea was she wanted Angela to survive and then go into witness protection and then resurface in the season finale. And I was just like, every time they talked me out of it, I was like, You're, "How terrible are you with this?" Yeah, it's god awful, Dude. bro. So that, I talked to Jerry. I talked to Jerry earlier, right? Sorry, yeah. I cut you off, Jerb. And I'm like, while that's I'm watching drop. it, I'm like texting him. Drop. You said what? I like that name drop. 
I mean, shit, it could be Black Jerry. I mean, at this point, so like Donovan. <laughs> so I'm complaining mid while I'm watching this shit. I'm like, bro, yeah. I hated the fight scene, and he's like, why? It was good. I'm like, bro, no, it was not. That In was this situation, fight scene. right? So I'm like, that's the thing. It so much. All of a sudden, you drop the gun because Tyree comes in, like. No, if 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 I want blood, I don't give a fuck how well, close we are. Me and Waz were fucking brothers for twenty two years, and you kill my bitch, bro. I'm probably gonna gun you, bro. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna just make it make sense, right? So I thought that was very trash. But well, another uh, thing, you know, was, you, well, hold on. But you know what else is trash about it, Trey? Mm-hmm. I've, I'm, I'm not. I haven't fought eight billion times in my life, but I've been my fair share of fights with people I know and people I don't know. In absolutely zero of them did I ever have a conversation mid-fight. These right. motherfuckers are talking to each other. I'm like, what, what's going on here? You killed Angel, oh, but you killed Tarsi. Oh, he fooled me. It's like, what are y'all doing? Why are you talking? <laughs> like, who does that? I, I've I've never so, seen a rumble end when, when just because a kid walks in. Like I've never, know, I've never seen. I, look, if I was just way, keep if, going and the kid if, cries. If I was Tariq and I walked in. And I, I saw shot both of the niggas. No, first of all, I saw them do, <laughs> I saw them doing that, and then all of a sudden let, let go of each other and be all out of breath and kind of like hair messed up or whatever. I would think, what are these niggas fucking? Because <laughs> like, that was wow. their reaction. It, they, their reaction was like if they were making out and someone walked in on them. Like, oh no, no, everything's fine. No, we're not. But how does a gun? Listen, the gun slid to Tyreek like it was one of those uh, wrestling matches where you throw in the chair. Like that <laughs> shit was so annoying. But I asked him, right? I was like, yo, I hate to see Angela go because she was a bad one. I just like really liked looking at her. She was very, Jesus. you know. She wasn't an amazing actor. I'm an actress, I mean, you know? So, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's y'all fault that, that this shows the way it is because probably they hear, they hear people like in the focus with like, a minute ago. I like Angela. I'm like, well, we got to keep her. It, but it's, it's it not definitely our, sh- our fault. I mean, it's it's the fault of capitalism because <laughs> honestly, because if if Courtney Kemp was like, yo, with these speci- if I'm going to keep these specific characters together on the show, the story can't last for this long yeah. for all of them. That's my right. That's but so if we want to extend this out to as many seasons as possible, and while also being fan servicey and keeping all of our favorites, all the people we've come accustomed to knowing and loving, um, on the show, then you know they got to take these crazy leaps, man. Like, uh, if, well, let, me, so let me ask y'all. Okay, go ahead, Trey. It's gonna be this is the, technically the last season, but it's gonna right. be split into two parts. So, oh come on. So it's a, here it is. Here it is. Don't so do it this is. Shit. Here we go. So it's going to be because they took a break. You mean obviously, remember uh, the member passed away and stuff like that. That was working on the stuff. So they shot it in two different things. It's going to be a total of fifteen episodes this season. Um, I think it's the first how many seven? Are normally ten. Like ten usually ten. Oh yeah. shit. So so what they're doing is they're going to shoot. They're going to show us the first seven or eight, and then they're going to split off the second half after like next year, twenty twenty. So we're going to, it's still um, going to be considered season six, though, not yeah, season seven. They, so it's like Sopranos. This is what they did, Sopranos. I think Breaking Bad did this. Can, can, I, can I ask this question? Is there, uh, I, I've, I've come to realize there's no such thing as a, at least a dramatic show that can go on for seven or eight seasons and still be good, right? We saw that with Game of Thrones, right? So is, what's the, what is the optimal length of a show you think five. A show, five 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 seasons yeah. is the max right 
five is max if it's very good. But if it's like, eh, you're pressing it by season four, season four is like wrap it up. I think Law and Order is on 21. I, look, I think they could have. Law and Order is different because it's not a continuous story for the most part. I think something like Mad Men is different because it wasn't plot driven. It was like they use like real life events of the 60s right. to bring context to these characters. It was more of a character study with this show. It, it, you know, this <laughs> this character work going on, like some certain people have arcs, even if they fall back and forth and do whatever. Uh, but it's really about like the plot, like. Oh, we're doing this drug deal now, and we have a new connect, and now we're going to start a club, and now we're doing this, and now there's a new club in town, and now we have comp, and now that club is Serbian, and you know, like so much of what they're doing is is, is plot. Um, but and if you're gonna do that with the same characters, man, it's tough. Like, how much story are you gonna have? You know, especially if it's like gangsterism and this killing in the show. If if part of the narrative of the show is that people die. All the time. Then, at a certain point, our favorite people have to die too. Well, there, there was a, there was a scene where uh, someone uh, when they oh, when they're all arguing in the DA's office and Sachs leaves and Black Donovan says, "Yeah, it's di- it's different. It's personal for him because he lost Mike and uh, 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 Angela and uh, what's my man, the other dude who was her ex boyfriend who was stalking her and all that shit, whatever." And I was thinking to myself, if there ever was a DA's office where three people died in the span of like five years, like who were all working on the same case and all their deaths are related to the one case, like you that, no, no, that would be like the biggest scandal in the history of law enforcement. And right. and, and meanwhile, here it's just kind of like like another Tuesday. It, it, it's funny somehow in a show where nobody dies, they managed to have too many like ridiculous deaths with no consequence to it. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's just nothing makes sense and everything is so haphazard. Like like the one city cop who apparently is always in the DA's office. Oh, I'm on the task force. Why are you on the task force? You're just a fucking runt cop, right? Like, why is she on the task force? Like, she's the fucking, like, FBI or something. And that, and so, that, that one dude that was... Uh... That Tommy killed was a federal is FBI agent, wasn't he? Or former FBI yeah. agent? Yeah. yeah. Tommy always killing people. So I had two things. One, you you mentioned that what was it? Uh, that they said that they were gonna make Angela survive. Like that's what they wanted to do. So part of me when I yeah. originally thought I saw her, I'm I, glad I she thought, died. I'm I thought it was on did. some. John, I thought it was on some John Snow shit. Like I really was waiting for but, her to just but, pop up. But Gerald, we I'm already had our John Snow moment with Fifty coming out 50, of the fire. Yeah, yeah, we did it first. Power did it first. <laughs> Never forget. But also, True. but also, Gerald, just remember, we find out from Courtney Kemp that, that she wanted to do that. Yeah, like no, the that's idea like, that's that, that was her idea, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I want to do," but they talking me out of it, like. But I feel like so powerful. Shout out to though, whoever right? talked her out of it, bro. Yeah. Like, but they, but that would have been power. That would have been power. That would have been they would have been consistent. Yeah. Like <laughs> seriously. Yes. Again, you you clicked on the show, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Just like Chappelle, you clicked on the show. <laughs> don't true. come on the show if you don't want to see somebody pop up after being shot and they're <laughs> dead. Yeah. You know what you're getting uh, into. That's fair. That's a fair point. But I can't. I can't argue that. I was mad at the reviews though before watching it though, because I'm I'm scrolling through the timeline and they like people are like, ooh, fire emojis and shit. And I'm like expecting like, oh niggas. I mean, she dies in the first five seconds of the show. Like, like niggas kind of knew, like it was kind of like a 
30% chance. Like, nah, bro. I, I had her pegged the 99.9% chance of coming back to life. Like, I had no idea she was really going to die. But do people, I'm do out people, floor. how are people so bad at this, man? Like, what? Like, I don't feel like I'm just so sophisticated to that point. Like, I feel like I'm, li- I'm, I'm like you, Trey. I'm looking at people's reactions uh, online. I'm like, Yo, you're serious? You really serious? You're like enthralled in your suspension of disbelief. Like even the even the whole Tommy bad guy thing is like, eh, to me. <laughs> is he is he really a bad guy though? Well, he right tried. To, he well, tried he's trying to, to make a heel turn now, bro. Because I, I think but he I think, tried doing this. Ghost I think what's it called? Technically, so. the bad guy. Ghost is technically the bad guy. Like they painted Ghost to be the one that's well, everybody, everybody hates Ghost now. It's right. everybody hates Ghost now at this point. And it's everyone There's loves not a Tommy. person on the show that Ghost hasn't betrayed. Like <laughs> not a single person on the show he hasn't snaked or backstabbed. Like he's been a bastard. Hey, you know what was even more bad though? The hug between uh, Angie's sister. And uh, and, and and ghosts where he was oh. trying to stop her from crying, you know. I was just like, the look bro, on like, his face, the look on his face, like, oh, bro, I hate that nigga, bro. He was just reminiscing. That shit felt like an art. I want somebody to whoever's listening to this and that's very skillful with it. Maybe even Rob can do this. Get those scenes of that nigga sitting in the car where he's reminiscing and just throw R and B music over that shit. <laughs> that's too, like he got dumped, bro. Like. It was crazy. Yeah, he he was going to kill Tommy in broad daylight. Did anybody peep that? Yeah. No, but he all the nigga pulled the camera out in broad daylight on a crowded street. On a crowded like, street on Second Avenue. This shit was like New York. This is what it how is. How many times in the seasons he's mobbed on some suspicious shit? He'd be in like some Under Armour tights, <laughs> a hoodie. hoodie but I, yo, I respect that when he when he had the whole he went to that whatever that safe place he had. We he changed it to his shit, and then he came out in the all black with the shit, and then he went Ooh. back there and burnt there. That's when they gave him shit. That's when they gave him yeah. shit. Now <laughs> he's just pulling the gun out in broad daylight, like on Broadway, broad, whatever it is. He He's yeah. about to kill Tommy. Get away like nobody's gonna run. Like, I mean, but hold up, he yo. sees Tyreek, so it's all good. He has to stop. I want. I want to get back to what you were saying about people suspending belief and all of that. Um, right. And I want to get off a hot take. It's a pretty controversial one. I, I just think black people have bad taste in movies and TV. Wow. I just do. I just do, bro. Oh, Uncle Ruckus. I just do, bro. Y'all donkeys don't have no taste. In the white man. It just be TVs and movies. I just be like, damn, Soul Plane for real? Like, that's a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. Don't do that. Damn. When when Spike was when Spike was talking about um, the lack of support that he got from black people for Miracle Saint Anna, um, (laughs) vis a vis all the support that Tyler Perry gets for what he does, he was just like, they don't go. They don't show up. He'll show up, but he was like for the cornery and buffoonery. <laughs> we gotta do better, B. We gotta oh do better. Yo, and 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 um, cause the whole chicken sandwich thing came up, right? And you know how it goes on the internet. Whenever black people breathe, there's always black people to come out and talk about some alleged black pathology where it's like, oh, if y'all would have saved all this money from chicken, you could have owned a Walmart by now. <laughs> like, you know how niggas do. I mean, you know how cats do that. You know, and I'm just like, sometimes I'm just like, yo, can't homies just have fun with a dope viral moment that every race and creed is having fun with. 
But with the TV and movies, man, when I be watching Power, I be like, nah, niggas got to do better, bro. Yo, man. Yo, by the way, by the way, I, I, we fucked up because we didn't talk about the biggest controversy. For the oh, yeah, first yeah. time, yes, for the yes. first time I saw the whole internet rise up and say, fuck you to Power about one thing. Now, it wasn't the thing that I thought it would be, but turns out everyone was really upset that they changed the theme song for the last season, that Trey Songs does a, does a version of Big Rich Town. I think 50 just wanted a new single, bro. <laughs> he just it's, it's, the same, it's the same new bars, single, right? Nah, it's no, different. He got, he he got some new shit. He, he got changed some new the lyrics. shit on there. Man, no disrespect to 50, yo, but I haven't really listened to what homie has said lyrically in a while, yo. Yeah, but like, but the, I think people were just more. I don't know. I think people were more upset that Joe is not on the track anymore. Yeah. And and I don't know if this is just a regular internet bullshit that that isn't really news, but people like to make it up. They said they're gonna go back. <laughs> they're gonna change it. Well, Fifty said it. Fifty said he said I might have to it. go back. Yeah, I mean, the song, the, the Joe hook is legitimately just great. There's no, you know, that makes no two. But listen, when you hear that shit, you get into a mode of like, yes, right. I'm about to lock That's in. Yeah. Song. I got song my food. Love song. Yep. I got yep. my food. I'm locked in. It's Power Sundays. It's the you got your second town. screen ready for the internet and all of that. Like, and the, the song comes on and it instantly puts you in a place where you need to be. When they heard Trey songs and God bless Trey songs, but it, you know his version wasn't as good yeah, as Joe. Yeah, but they were roasting. The funny thing is, they're roasting it. And then 50 is posting every single one of these roast videos and telling Trey Songs in the comment, I'm sorry, bro, you got to go. They said it's a big, rich town. Yeah. I just come from the... What the fuck is... What? What? Is this fucking Trey Songs? Oh, my... Why do shows always do this shit, man? Every time, every fucking show, they do this shit. The fuck is this? Nigga, is, is this even fu- Who is this? Is this even 50 Cent? Who is this nigga? And this nigga switched up the fucking lyrics. It took me five seasons to learn the fucking other shit. Now I gotta have one season to learn this shit. I'm never gonna learn this shit. What the fuck? Oh, it's, oh, it's over. Fuck this shit. Fuck, fuck this power shit. Fuck power. Because there's no way I'm gonna learn this fucking song in one season. Fuck, man. Fuck. What the fuck you doing, man? 50. <laughs> they smoke it. I mean, it's great. Like, it's great. It's, once again, 50 is great at the marketing shit, but still, like, I, I just. Also, never... I mean, if you remember the wire changed their shit every season, maybe yes, they did. You know, 50 could have changed his joint every season and people would be looking but, forward to it now, yes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I sure he could have got doper people each each and every time. Like, my nigga, trying to pull that shit at the last, like, my nigga, yeah. we sat here for five. You yeah. can't just be doing that, bro. Like niggas, like, come on, what? And when I seen it, I hadn't even heard it. I seen the uh, fifty uh, video first, like of him saying, "Yeah, Trey, nigga," because he said, "When the last time you motherfuckers done stream Joe?" All right, <laughs> out. he said, "Trey, get this shit out of a favor for me." Listen, Trey, I might have to take your ass off because they know. <laughs> These motherfuckers talking about Trey song, man. You ain't bought a motherfucking Joe CD in years. Now you talking about Trey song? Trey did that shit as a favor for me, man. Shit, y'all keep this shit up. Fuck it, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to um put that motherfucker back the way it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he keeping it real though. Like I mean, shit, I'm going with the people. Like you know what I mean? Like I want to keep ratings up because even if the shit is bad overall. 
at least motherfuckers gonna stay for the theme song because they enjoy that shit. Uh, that shit is crazy to me. That like people be irate at the theme song, but watch that fight scene and be like, "Ooh, that was really good." <laughs> what are we doing here? For my dog. Oh, that's a good point. Do we got any predictions? I don't give a shit anymore. To be honest, like they've literally beaten like that. Uh, even the small curiosity for me, like right. I don't care. Like, most die this year. Yes. No, if they have a next season, they can't but kill Lamar. There's no season. next season. Well, you, no season. you mean you mean after the fifteen? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna die. He but he's gonna die in the last in the and he's gonna die in the last scene of the last episode. Like, Tyree. Yes. Yeah. Are, are we gonna try to game and throw Game of Thrones this shit? Where we're like we're hoping that this happens, or do they take them out early in game of uh, episode twelve, and it, then we have to deal with Tyree? They're definitely gonna kill him because they definitely pay attention to the chatter that happened around the last stuff with Game of Thrones. They're gonna kill. They're gonna kill people. They're gonna kill people. Although I think just Game of Thrones fans in general are more sophisticated than power fans. Wow. But, what, is that based on? what is that based on? Is there some sort of demographic? <laughs> hey, one thing I noticed to me, Lala's new ass shots. Oh, and, man. And then also, why she flicked the gun in the in the riverbank like that, bro? Uh, first of all, why did she like... like how to look suspicious one on one? Listen, she dropped that shit in there. I mean, like that shit, like she was frying chicken, dog. Like was, yes, yes, yes. She, she got to like flicked it with two fingers out. And I don't think she was bouncing. Did y'all notice? Like when she went up to the river, she bouncing and she turned around and she bounced. I'm like, is that your way of like trying to be like slick or something? This, yo, is, yo. Oh, this man. This the same chick that went. She was better off skipping that shit like a rock. She wouldn't let Tasha wash money in, in her fucking hair. Just so far, but now she's throwing away. Hey. Now she's throwing away a burner off of, off of a, a cop kill, right? Hey, uh, hey, Jerv, Jerv. What, 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 uh, what uh, 50 say? I don't know, what, uh, what, what did Eddie Murphy say? When you make a woman go, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It was right. Your voice said it's a, it's a blizzard. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we want to do gemstones here? Do we want to do it for overflow? Do we want to save it for another day? What do you guys think? Because right now we're about nah, an hour. Nigga, we save it for more, nigga. We ain't never doing it. <laughs> overflow, overflow. Oh, all right, overflow. Okay. All right, so, all right. So, uh, well, let's, let me let's go combo one and two because we didn't cover the, the beginning. Okay. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here. A special thanks to Black Trey, to Big Waz, to Jerv, to Rob Lopez in the production. This has been Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. Uh, we are going to continue the conversation, though, over in the overflow section. We're going to talk about rights and gemstones and uh, Django and, and Waz's take on Will Smith. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, just go on over to patreon.com slash count the things, subscribe, and uh, make sure you don't miss out on that. And again, don't forget, October 12th. Independent, San Francisco, Count the Things live show. We're all going to be there. We're going to have special guests. It's going to be a great time. Tickets are still available. I don't know, but I want you to go to countthedings.com. If there are, definitely snatch them up. All right. Hey. 
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.